Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Football Carnage. It's Liverpool versus Manchester United review. With I'm joined today by Conroy and by Cav. So going into the game, boys, easiest three points we would ever take, right? That's what the, the media told us. That's what the fans told us. We all went into there. Look at Cav's face. He's, he's ready to <laughs> laugh at that one. It was it was easy. All we needed to do was turn up to win. So, so before we get into the game itself, boys, just want to find out how you are and. How are you feeling, Conroy? I know you're looking forward to venting a little bit and getting some frustrations off your chest. Um, yeah, um, yeah. to be honest, guys, I think Grizz and your you, others always allude to I'm quite composed or level-headed, but not with these games. I just I find I found last year when the worst results we've had under Klopp, uh, losing at Old Trafford, uh, and I said it last week, I said, not playing well, right? So you need to get a rocket up them and get them to really understand that there's been a lot of luck and a lot of individual brilliance that's won us the last couple of games to put in his position. Obviously, that must have fell on deaf ears because that's what I'm feeling right now, mate. Just copy and paste. There's maybe similar differences because that was slight differences because that was Old Trafford. But to be honest, yeah, I'm happy to talk about it. Listen, these are great for being a therapy sessions, and I'm maybe not going over the top. But do you know what? When it comes to Liverpool Man United and the state of that club United, for them to just come and for us to now be making excuses, hearing a club captain come out and blame their tactics as a reason. Get out of here. Do me a favour. Honestly, you get paid handsomely well to be in an industry which is a bubble in general. And your tactics and what you do should eradicate anything opposition does. Now, to me, that is 
it's a poor mentality. So I mean, we'll talk about that later. But for me, that's that's embarrassing to be honest. You shouldn't be saying anything about the opposition. Their job is not to help you. Your job is to beat them. That's why it's called a competition and not an event. Or you know, it's not. I don't. I'm trying to think of something. I was going to say wrestling there, but Keith loves wrestling, so I'm not going to say wrestling. But ultimately, uh-huh. they're not there to help you. And it just that's that's kind of annoyed me as well. I'm I'm a, a wholeheartedly agreeing with Roy Keane at the end of the game. So how does that happen after a Liverpool Man United match? I'm agreeing with Roy Keane, but I just to be honest, guys, probably like yourselves, we'll talk about scheduling. Um, that is one thing I have to say. We have complained a lot about scheduling this year. We should be thanking ourselves the way the scheduling's worked. Because if we didn't have Arsenal next weekend, right, I could see it going a lot differently. At least we've got an opportunity to uh, rectify that. But I'm just, I'm very annoyed. I'm very annoyed. I just okay. think they so complacent, so complacent, so flat. Well, I was, sorry, sorry. Steve, you, 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 nearly, you nearly gave it all away. I'm just going to, I'll just let you to carry on. I'm just going to go. Cam, <laughs> no. it was nearly time to say thanks very much and, and I'll sign out there, wasn't it? Conroy went for it there, didn't he, pal? Um, how are you feeling after, after that? Just before you do, Conroy, I think that, that I'm going to have a quick say on the Van Dyke comments. Sticking microphones under emotive managers and captains and footballers' mouths straight after a football match always brings you a little bit of something that he probably will look back on it and regret it. But we'll get into that in a little bit later. Cav, how are you feeling after that? Um, hugely disappointed, as I think we all are. I can't imagine any Liverpool fan being happy right now. Um, and it's because it's it's our biggest rival, you know, um, depending on where you are in the world, you might consider Everton as, as the biggest rivalry, but I certainly consider Man United as the biggest rivalry. Um, growing up for me, when I first uh, was able to start watching football and follow, follow Liverpool properly, it was during a period where we didn't have a lot to shout about, and uh, and I used to hate the head-to-heads with United because they were always at the time better than us. They had the better players, they had the better team, they were picking up trophies, and they often got a result over us, you know. Um, and so I, I hated that period. I, I was I was in school and college during that period, and uh, a lot of people, you know, I had to suffer United fans sort of um, beating Liverpool uh, fans down, myself included. So. We find ourselves now and and the, the past few seasons being in the uh, the other way around. We're, we're the better team. We're the ones picking up trophies. And um, I love that we've been able to to have some brilliant high score lines and results against United. And I felt like um, going into this game, there was a lot of optimism, a lot of um, excitement about the damage that we could we could cause on United. And I think Klopp said it in his press conference. He was a bit wary of that because there was almost an expectation that came with this fixture that we would just turn up and, and roll them over and it would be uh, a question of how many we would put past them, not not if we would. And, um, and I think Klopp said for United, from their perspective, for all of their bad performances and the way their season's going, this is a fixture where they can right a lot of wrongs if they turn up here and get a result. And... Um, and so I was certainly wary of that, but certainly in terms of what I was expecting was a win, all hands down, you know. And I know we've not put in performances of late, but what we have been doing is winning, you know, leaving it late, you know, leaving it to chance, leaving it to luck, you know, leaving it to a lot of things. But we've been getting across the line and picking up three points. I didn't know how today's game would go, but I certainly thought that we would walk away with three points today. So the fact that we've walked away with one, 
is hugely disappointing when you put into context where the two sides are um, and everything that was going into this game. You you can't not be disappointed, and 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 I'm I'm struggling. I always try and look at things from a different perspective from the other side and think what positives can we take out of today and. And I think you're really going to struggle. We'll try our best, but I think we're really going to struggle at looking at positives today. No, I, to- I totally agree. I mean, Conway, come back to you. So, so the, the the early fixtures finish. Aston Villa come from behind to win. They go above us. Arsenal go above us because they win also. Saturday, we see Manchester City drop points in the dying embers of a game against Crystal Palace, a game which they were lucky to get a draw from because... Let's let's be right. Their keeper shouldn't have even been on the pitch um, after the bringing the Palace lad down. He went through. What were your thoughts going into the game, Conroy? So, so our chief rivals drop points. Arsenal have kept the pressure on. Villa have kept the pressure on. What? Where were you in terms of psychology wise? Where were you? What were you thinking? Just don't be complacent like last year. Just get the job done. Just like actually take advantage of the opportunity. Don't have to come out at the end of the game and have this reaction, just get it done. But like literally 70% of the teams have beat Man United this, this season by either showing they're, going to, they're not going to come to Anfield and open up early. They're going to sit a low block or whatever you want. Of course that was going to happen. Arsenal managed to get the job done. Man City managed to get a job done 3-0 Old Trafford. Do you think they played against them and opened up? No. So just like be better, to be perfectly honest. And just like, actually, I just felt it was so flat and complacent. I just felt everything from the start five, five minutes in it just felt it's not should be the way for me I, all I heard all week is like you know new fans new more fans in the stadium that's going to make it win a bit like Cavs going to be expecting say that never works in football like, I've never seen that work I've never seen when it's the kind of ride up to that week this is what's going to happen football doesn't work like that you can't be expectancy you have to earn the result and I just think we didn't do enough today I mean we'll talk about instances but ultimately there's lots of shots but how many chances were really created through our play I mean a few instances but I'd expect that when you've got players on great money and top elite footballers I would expect that um it's like we talk sometimes we talk about football football teams like we're, we're Sunday league football here this is like the top echelons of football and we just mm. accept or have lenience toward mediocrity which still annoys me very much to be honest and we're going to talk about a few things but yeah to be honest Steve tweeted it last week I said don't ever repeat it last year take advantage be ruthless be composed, be focused, they have your eyes on the prize, what you need to do, and I just don't think we did. So ultimately, what I said last week, that's what happened. So kind of summed up. This was the fear, but I don't even know if I, I, I envisaged them playing that badly today. No, we'll get into all the things that went wrong and all the things that you've just alluded to, because I'm sure Cav and I have got some thoughts to share with you on that, to join in on the, on the point. Cav, um, City drop points. I remember saying to somebody in work yesterday, if everything goes our way, we win all of our games. The next time City play, they could be as much as 12 points behind us because of this World Club Championship. Mm. And we dropped the ball at the first first occasion. Um, mm-hmm. Did you see this as a huge opportunity to steal a march on them? Did you see this as an opportunity to, to for Liverpool to make a statement, to get inside Pep's head, to push on and say to them, because we've done it. Remember, we chased them down from 14 points and at one stage we actually went in front of them and then obviously the last game of the season, we don't win the title. But that's not something that, that when we won the title, we won it by a street. That's not something that we've asked Pep to do, which is to get inside of his head and throw down the gauntlet and say, look, we're going to do this. It's up to you if you come with us. 
Mm. Obviously, we're not going to do it because we didn't do it today. <laughs> and they don't have to come that far to come with us. Do you think we missed a massive opportunity today? Should that have been a catalyst to be absolutely on point? Definitely. Definitely. I know Man City, but they've not won a game now in five, is it? Um, which is unheard of for any Man City side. And look, they're they're not doing well at the moment, but this won't continue. They will pick up, especially come the second um, half of the season. We all know that they their performances will improve. They'll go on a winning streak, regardless of what you know personnel they've got now and what style they play. That is what they do. So you have to capitalise when they drop points. You have to try and apply a little bit of pressure if you can by um, getting points ahead of them and pushing them further and further back from the top of the table. And you do have to try and get in Pep's head. He's already started to come out and say some things like, you know, he believes his team's going to still win it and that, you know, they're playing brilliantly well and is so confident. And and you know it's not true. You know he can't be happy with what he's seeing at the minute. So you've got to continue to feed into that. You know, you've got to, you've got to add to the misery over there whilst, you know, um, adding to the, the the good times and the good vibes over here, you know, and and it's it's a real shame that we've not been able to do that because it wasn't a tough ask today. This United side aren't good, you know. This is a Liverpool team that we all have so much optimism and excitement about, and they were playing at home in front of what should have been a bouncing Anfield, one that was a team that was smelling blood and, and a crowd that could really, you know, um, enjoy themselves and, you know, and, and add to United's misery. And we just, we just didn't harness that. We didn't use that. You know, we didn't, um, we're not here having a good time and we really should be, you know? And so it's, it's really um, disappointing. And like I say, you need to gain these points on Manchester City because, I know we were only one point behind Arsenal and that's great. And I'm sure at this point in the season, uh, at the start of the year, we would have all took it if it was offered to us. But when you see Man City have the uh, the poor form that they are having, you've got to capitalise on it. You've got to make sure that they stay below you in the table as much as possible. And I said it last week when we were talking about being top of the league and what we needed to do um, after the Palace game and say, just get wins to stay ahead of Arsenal so that when that tie comes around, you can manage that game knowing that you will still you know, be ahead of them. So if that means the game's not going in your favour, Arsenal get on top for a period, you might just accept a point knowing that you'll stay top of the league. Now we find ourselves in a position where, look, we're not going to be out of the title race if we don't get a result against Arsenal. But, you know, we certainly don't want to let them be top of the league after getting three points at Anfield next week and being four points ahead because suddenly then, you know, it looks like there's a gap to make up. So you certainly have to capitalise when other teams are dropping points, especially when it's Manchester City. And I think I think it's, it's, it's frustrating how the Liverpool teams of the past have been almost perfect and still lost out to Man City. And we've cried out for other teams to be in the race with us, you know, other teams to be beating Man City, other teams to be in a title charge, because we felt like that would benefit us because it just wasn't working out the way and it was a two-horse race. And now we have that and we're not capitalising on it. And that's what's frustrating. If we, and I don't want to get too far ahead because I still think we'll be in a title race, I still think it will be there come the end of the season. But if we don't win it, if we don't win it and Manchester City don't win it, we as Liverpool fans will be incredibly frustrated because this is what we've asked for for a long time, a season like this. And um, at the minute, 
performances haven't been good and today should have been where uh, today there should have been a performance as well as a result in my opinion yeah, I totally agree. Um, before we get into the game itself, guys, you can see a banner that runs along the bottom of the page at the moment. This is our sponsor, yourfutcard.com. Log on to there, have a look at what those guys have got. You can have your own pictures made up, usually with our normal host, Grizz, is here. He's got one of himself made up in the background. Uh, he's got some of the Liverpool players as well. They are really good, really, really high uh, quality merchandise. Great for Christmas. Head on down to yourfootcard.com. Um, as you can see on there now, Conroy's very kindly put the page up there. Great reviews from the people that have used them. Um, some some images on there, Conroy, if we could, please, mate. You can get all the cards made up like this um, in all the different styles of the FIFA cards. And if you use the code REDFELLAS, you have 15% off. And there is a, a helpline on there as well to help you get to where you want to get to. You've got the EAFC 24 cards, a really cool option, really nice stocking filler for Christmas. Um, get yourselves down there and get some Liverpool merchandise. It doesn't have to be Liverpool merchandise. You can do your kids like they have as well. So um, thanks again, yourfootcard.com, for your support. Um, get down there, guys, and get some stuff in for Christmas. Conroy, coming back to you. Uh, team news comes out. Endo keeps his place at the base of our midfield despite being taken off half-time in the last fixture because that game, I felt, moved too quickly for him. And we stuck with the midfield axis of... Endo sitting behind Gravenberch on the left and Sabozla on the right. Did you envisage any changes? Could you have seen that coming? Did you think Endo would keep his position? Um, I probably did, to be honest, um, because I just I just felt that when we have tried the alternative that we're going to speak about later today, if you even have a Trent there or other times if they've kind of put Jones there, I just felt like the Jones one probably wasn't the right move. Elliot's probably deserving of a start, but I've got to be honest, guys, I feel like it's going to sound really mad. But right now, I think the best thing to do with Elliot is to bring him on because he seems to be, when it's a direct incentive, do really well. When he starts games, at the moment, he's still a very young player. I feel like he, he does tend to not have as good an impact. I do not know why. I think that will change in the future. So I understand the logic not to do that. Um, so I, I get the end of one, especially because it was at Anfield as well. I think the Palace game, especially the way it was, I didn't, it's going to sound weird, I didn't see Manu having the same effect on him. I felt like he could probably get through this game because it is at Anfield, the crowd was there, we would have a lot of the ball. I felt that that would be fine, not amazing, but enough to get through. Mm. Um, the only change, to be honest, I envisaged, and I actually meant to say this during the week to everyone on the chat, as I was saying it last week, I think Gakpo should have started this false nine. I felt like there's been too many times where it's been either wasteful for Nunes, Nunes or the link-up's not been good enough. You've seen Gakpo plays a false nine very well. I think people forget Evan Germain. He brings out all the stats with Gakpo. But Gakpo was very good as a false nine. And he's a clever footballer. I feel like every time I see Gakpo now, it's never actually in that position where I think he's played the best for Liverpool. It's either covering in a midfield role, playing as a 10 or, you know, in a part wide with a 4-4-2. But for me, I think that's his best position. So that was the one I was a little bit disappointed with. But I think realistically, Nunes was going to start. There'll be more conversations on that because I think this is probably the, not the... What is it the camel that broke up the, the back? What is it called again? The straw breaks the camel's back. I don't think we're, the camel's back, yeah. Yeah, I don't think we're there yet, but I do think there was this kind of assumption recently because he's been starting lots of games, but I think his performances as of late have put that question back into place that I think we maybe need someone who's more intelligent with link up to start, and I think that would be Gakpo. So that was my first only disappointment with the starting lineup was that I think Gravenbutch has been very good. We'll talk about him. I don't. I don't actually think Gravin Butch done anything bad today. To be honest, I think he actually does a lot of good things um, when he plays. So I understand him starting. So overall, that was my own only real um, 
concern. The other one you could maybe think about was Gomez, but I think Shimakas has done quite well at left back and Trent was always going to start at right back. So that was my thoughts on that, Steve. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. I'm going to come to you, um, Cav, on, on the front three because it is a it is a conversation piece at the moment and it's certainly going to be a conversation piece here a little bit later on into the show. So try not to go too deep into the Darwin Nunes situation. But um, Gakpo has played left centre midfield, right centre midfield, left wing, right wing, as he turned up on today at one stage. He's played in the false nine position. Cav, do you think Gakpo is potentially a, a victim of his own versatility? Uh, yes, he, I think he most certainly is. Um, but I also think that the reason he's not starting games is because he's he's, he's not really done enough to, to force his way in just yet, you know? And that's not to say that the people that are playing ahead of him are, but, you know, it's the bar's pretty low in terms of performances at the minute for the forward for forward players, you know, I don't think any of them are playing particularly well. And in moments, they they're, they're doing well, and in moments, they're getting uh, goals. But um, but no one's really putting together good ninety minute performances. I was I was just about to say back to back ninety minute performances. I don't think any of the, any of the forward line are giving us a full quality ninety minute performance. Um, you know, and. I, I heard some stats earlier and unfortunately I didn't write them down. And if any of the chat I've got on, by all means, throw them in the chat. But there's some pretty alarming statistics there when it comes to the sort of um, goal scoring records of the of the forward line at the minute. They're just not they're just not doing the business. And, and ultimately, your job as a forward for Liverpool Football Club is to create and score goals. And they're simply not doing that at the minute. We're, we're quite reliant on, you know, set pieces. We're quite reliant on Trent, you know, with the midfield have contributed recently. But um the forwards just ain't doing it in the minute. There doesn't seem to be much fluidity there. There doesn't seem to be much chemistry. No one's really, um, you know, forcing their way into the side, you know, and it's really just the case of rotating for fitness at the minute. And Gakpo mm. is somebody that can play out on the left. We're seeing him now when he's coming in, he's playing out on the right and we seem to be switching to a 4-4-2 and Salah goes up uh, alongside Nunes and plays a bit more central. And, and, um, and that's, that's, great that he is versatile it's great we're able to switch the the tactics up the formation and the style but ultimately it doesn't benefit Gapo because he's playing in areas that aren't particularly natural to him he's just the he's just the best option there for us you know so um it's there's a lot of things that go into it i just think the forward line the forwards at the minute just simply have to be better they have to be better. We we can we can sit here for hours on and talking tactics. We can talk about the makeup of the team, that there's new players in there, that each player offers you different things. We can talk about whip from the fullbacks. We can talk about Trent being inverted. The long and short of it is the forward just need to be better. You know, they're being given ball, they're given the ball in areas where they should be able to affect the game, and they're just simply not. So we can talk about Nunes, we can talk about Diaz today, we can talk about Salah. And we can talk about Gakpo, but we can label the same thing at all of them. You have to do better. You play for Liverpool Football Club. You know, we're in a title charge here. You're, you're coming up against a United side that have injuries themselves. They have their own excuses. They have a manager that's fighting for his, his job at the minute. You should smell blood and go out there and, and show the rest of the world and the rest of this league how scary this forward line can be, how we've described them all this season. And they're simply not. So they have to look at themselves, I think, um, each and every one of them. 
Yeah, I totally agree. And I think just to sort of close on the point, I think if you look at that, you look at that you're quite right, both of you, when you talk about goals coming from other areas of the side, the team, you know, um, midfield's been chipping in with a lot of goals. There's always going to be a case of that's not sustainable over a season. You buy forwards to score goals, stated the very obvious there. Um, but when they're not scoring goals in the midfield, can't contribute and can't chip in, wasn't going to be long before we, we would be forced to have the conversation about the front three. Uh, and I agree with you, all three of them today, I thought, were miles off the pace, which leads me segues into the next point, Conroy. For the first 20 minutes of the first half, um, I thought we were absolutely awful. And chief amongst the culprits was a certain Mo Salah, who I can't ever remember him giving the ball away so often with round-the-corner blind passes to, to white shirts, with lazy passes, not enough on the ball to get to the, to the, to the opposition. What, for me, is, is happening is we put 57,000 fans in there. A lot, of, a lot of the media have said, yes, we're going to win this because we're not playing well. And every Liverpool fan who goes the game will tell you we're not playing well at the moment. With every passing minute of that game where we don't make great opportunities and get our noses in front, there's an apprehension that grows within the stands and it transcends itself onto the pitch. And I don't think that helps. Conway, I want your opinion on the first 20 minutes because I'm sat there in disbelief watching that. Yeah, I think it goes back to the point, Steve, that um, the, the, in, in uh, what Cav said as well, we're disappointed not taking advantage. But if you can get up for Liverpool against Manchester United, for everything that's behind that game, the history, the rivalry from modern fans, older fans, then to me, what's what's happening? Because you can be in a poor run, but if you can get up for that game, especially in the first 20 minutes, questions have to be asked. I'm sorry, that's just not good enough. If that's from, I doubt it's from you know the coaches delivering that message, but from the players, that's just not good enough. That team's experienced enough not to to go into that match nervous. It just, yeah, for me that that was disappointing. I think the whole twenty minutes, people's the the sloppiness, just not good enough. Um, you mentioned Salah. Salah's been poor for the last couple of games. I say this all the time. Salah's best strength is scoring when he has a poor game. No one mentions it last week. It's a poor performance last week. Apart from the goal, even the shot, Nathaniel Klein does him a favour because we're getting the penalty. He might score the penalty, you know, so fair enough if we get that, if he doesn't score that. But ultimately, that's one of his biggest strengths. He's not been in great form. I don't think he was that bad today towards the end when it was like a basketball match. But overall, when it came to breaking play down and being creative to really be that spark, in the, especially the first half, probably the first 60 minutes, wasn't wasn't good enough. So Bosley... Sal and Sabozla, it was like they won a football competition in the first half because it wasn't like they were those players. They just their mm. touch was off, their passing was off. Felt like they were actually making each other worse trying to link up. But th these things can happen. They're not. It's not two players against Manchester United. There's a full squad there, and I think it's not. They'll be focused on for that time. But I think the the in general the the, the whole decision making by players was just baffling. Like, I don't know if you agree, guys, but I felt there's times where. Like our fullbacks and Shimikas especially was making good runs, and it was either terrible decision by the making by the player on the ball to have a shot or to go back to the right side instead of giving him the option. And I just think that seemed to spread through the the team. It just felt like people were just second guessing every decision. Didn't seem fluid at all. And I, mean, I don't know, guys. I felt there was space there as well. Like seeing a quick transition, you've seen it a lot. The best one was when Salah. Is 25 yards out, not having a great game. Shimakas makes a run, I think it's Shimakas, wide open, could play the ball first time and could hit it as he's running in the box. And he has a shot. And Johnny Evans' deflection makes it look like a better shot because it's actually, it's like a P-roller. 
and it makes it look mm. a bit better. It just that summed the first half up. I just think the whole cohesion between the team wasn't good. Um, mm. And I, I don't know why that is. Again, guys, like we're playing Arsenal next week, right? And as much as you might say Arsenal are not going to win the league, if that's what you think, but ultimately they're the most informed team, right? And do you think they're going to see that today? Are they going to be nervous? They're probably going to be more experienced from last year when they blew a 2-0 lead. So it's like, if you can't get up for Liverpool, man, you, and I know every game's different, but yeah, I'm trying to be positive, a bit like Cav was saying, but I just, I find it hard when there's so many negatives today. Do you think it was a case of this side getting up for the occasion? Because I felt like, we do our usual kickoff, which which I hate. We we roll it back and we kick it up the up the pitch towards Diaz and expect him to win a header in the air against a, a centre back or whatever it is. But fine, that's the way we do it. We like to get up the pitch, win win an early ball, but certainly get the full get the defenders up, get the full backs up, and let's get up the pitch and then we go from there, right? And I always I don't know why it is, but I always look at whether we win that first header. And then I look at the response to whether we do or we don't. Who is going to win that next challenge? Right. And it seems to be the basis of our performance is winning them aerial duels, winning our individual battles. And it stems from the very, very first kick of the game. And I think we win the header. And the ball drops and there's a little bit of messy play, but it's productive play. I think Diaz is is ducking and, and, and weaving and he's he's carrying the ball. And he actually has a good first sort of five, ten minutes where he's getting on the ball and he's looking like he's going to beat a man, you know, which is something we've been really crying out for for the past few weeks. And, you know, there's a little bit of link-up play there. Nunes is in the game as well. And... I actually thought the first five minutes were very good. You could tell the crowd were excited as mm. well. And it coincided with our performance, you know, and we were able to literally within the first 30 seconds of the game, get get a chance, get chances, get corners, push United back straight away. And that it looked like it was going to be a bit of a succession from there on in, you know. But after, after um, about five, ten minutes, it stopped. And the only encouragement I had in the game was the fact that United were trying to play out from the back. You know, mm. Anana would roll the ball out to the centre-back and you could see both Salah and Nunes poised to press. And you thought, OK, they're playing right into our hands here. You know, they're, they're going to try and play out from the back. If they play out, if they manage to knit a few passes together, great. But they've still got to get back past Canate and Virgil, who are playing well at the minute. And, and they weren't able to. We were forcing them into errors. They were kicking the ball off the pitch. That's going to get the crowd excited. You know, we can all cheer at that. That's going to encourage the players. This momentum's building. We can we can really, you know, continue to build here in the game. It's not going to be a performance where we struggle to get out first and second gear. Actually, we're in third, fourth gear already. You know, let's continue with this. We're getting chances. We're getting corners. They're trying to play out from the back. They're playing straight into our hands. It's going to take one mistake from them or one loose touch or someone to get caught out on the ball from their point of view. And we're in here. And then they started to connect passes. And then Onana, for, for a period of time, between 10 and sort of 20 minutes, you know, was actually passing the ball out to his fullback and, and connecting the passes and bypassing the press. And I think once that started happening, and it didn't continue because Anana just started kicking it out <laughs> to the crowd for the rest of the game. But they had a period where it was working. And the commentary from um, Gary Neville and Jamie was like, this is ridiculous what they're doing. It's crazy. But almost like commentators curse, as they said, it, it started to work. And I thought, 
Mm. Oh, oh, we've we've got to if we're going to go with this tactic, we've got to go all the way. We've got to fully press. We've got to fully, you know, challenge. You know, you've got to be strong. You've got to be quick. You know, in engagement with the ball and the man. And it's it dropped slightly. And the minute it dropped, and the minute they were able to play one or two passes, not nothing more than that. Nothing great. Nothing spectacular. Nothing that particularly hurt us or was a danger to our goal. They didn't get anywhere close to that. But then one or two passes out from the back gave them encouragement. And it really affected us, I felt. And it affected the crowd. And it seemed to just slow and slow and slow from there. And the tempo just went. We suddenly, we asked for a performance that went from second, third, fourth gear. I felt like we went from fourth gear, third gear, second gear. And as the half went on, it just got to second gear and plateaued. And nothing happened after that. And then you start to see centre-backs taking an extra touch on the ball, not picking their head up, not really seeing a pass because no one's making any movements, no one's offering for the ball. It's it's being recycled from left to right, from full-back, back to to back to centre-back, into midfield, back to centre-back. And then what the crowd's doing is getting angry at players like Endo, who's playing it safe. Players are getting angry at Zabozalai that's giving the ball away. But it wouldn't look so bad, him giving the ball away, if the team was playing well and we were creating other things, it's that we're so reliant on Zabozalai making that pass, connecting that pass, because nothing else is happening. So it becomes a bit systemic, this, and it all, you know, adds to our just frustrations. And, and I, I felt like something, I don't want to jump to half time. Sorry, Steve, I'm jumping the gun a little bit. But you could tell after half an hour, 40 minutes, I suddenly start watching the clock. And I don't like it when I start watching the clock with this Liverpool side because it shows me that I'm worried whether we're going to score a goal. And, and then I'm starting to think about substitution and changes. I'm looking at the subs and I'm thinking, what can we do here to change it? And, and none of us want to be in that position. We're playing United. We, they, they're not in good form. We should be able to just roll these over. And suddenly now we're watching the clock and looking at subs. Mate, I feel like that's 30 minutes, mate. I felt like that 30 minutes, mate. I was like, yeah, get on, or, you know, and but not put him on the posi position they put him on. So that was mm. probably, but I get what you're saying. I felt like that very early in this game. I just, you know what? I know not to jump the guns to you, like, but again, like we talk about, you mentioned Sabozlai, right? Sabozlai is, is a £60 million sign-in, right? To help bring additional creativity to this team so it doesn't rely on Trent to be the playmaker all the time. What did we do last week? What did we do the week before? When we're in a, a, a rough time, give the ball to Trent and he will do something, right? So that's why I think Sabozla is getting a lot of criticism now. And you know what? That's quite understandable. Maybe we overplayed him. I still think he's got a lot of potential. I still think he can hit the heights we've all said he could. But ultimately, this is not a James thing. It's a £60 million signing, right? Which is a lot for us to, to take that creativity off. Spurs signed James Madison, right? And since before he got injured, he would take he's taking that mantle upon upon himself. I know they're slightly different positions, but they are both creative players. And I just feel like it when it gets a bit much for us, like they're saying the long balls, is give the ball to Trent or give the ball to Verge, and we'll try to do a diag and start a play a counter that way instead of actually trusting an ability on the ball to break a team down. And I feel like when it gets a bit, you know, a bit rough in games, it's not going smoothly. That is our go-to, which like, Trent's amazing. Don't get me wrong, but you can't save the day all the time. And that I, not not to go into that too much, but I feel like that does happen when we start to panic. It's like give the ball to Trent, and even the experiment to put him into midfield. Like there is moments in the game, but there's weaknesses as well with that because 
we changed the setup three times. Sorry, Steve, I'm not to go too far ahead. No, it's fine. No, it's fine. I mean, at the end of the day, I think I think you both got very valid points in what you've just said. What I what I see and what I hear from people who who get to the game more than I do because work's getting in the way at the moment is there is an apprehension because we're not playing very well. Cav makes some really good points there. When we don't connect with the short balls in and around the front three, there's a groan that starts in the stands. There's a, there's a there's an anticipation that it should be better, and they feel what we feel, but they feel it very quickly in the ground. Add to that the fact that in the last couple of games, all Nunes has done is run offside. That's beca- that's becoming very boring and very frustrating for the fans in the ground. And I know that from the people that I speak to and from what you see on the TV. You, you talk about Sabozlai being a £60 million player. Well, this is this is when it's all said and done, Con, an £84 million centre-forward that yeah. can't read the line. And that's just becoming to, just an to, element of frustration. Yeah. Just to confirm with Sabozlai, just to confirm, Steve, it's just a wee bad patch. I actually still really yeah. rate Sabozlai and think he can do that. I just think right now we just... He just in this moment, it is fair enough to criticism. But I think the Nunes one, I think there are two different situations, I would say, because I feel like you, you've seen enough from Sabozlai that it's just a bad patch. I think that absolutely, Steve, that's frustrating for any spectator because see when you go to work tomorrow morning and in your job, see if that was a weakness in your job, you would do what you could to improve it. So if you're seeing no improvement for simple offsides to look across the line, again, all the time, we're so lenient and we're mediocrity in football, it's especially the top end, it's unbelievable. We just accept it when really we should be more the standard should be higher, in my opinion. That shouldn't happen at the top level of the game, especially if you're looking across the line. That's very frustrating. I don't know, Steve, you saw that one earlier when he starts moaning. I'm like, you're two yards offside, mate. Who are you moaning at? Maybe shout at yourself, maybe take a day yeah. and actually study how to not be offside constantly. Because if everyone else can do it, he said the most offsides in the league. So it's not as if we're making things up by a country mile. Sorry, I'm not not to take your point. No, no, can I, you're, can right, I just, you're right. You're right. It's can I add as well? Go on. The offsides, right, just whilst we're on that topic of Nunes and offside, his offsides, he's not even bending his run and slightly timing it wrong. He's not on the shoulder of the defence asking for the ball in his body positioning and the movement he's making and just getting the timing wrong. He's just stood offside. He's literally just stood offside. And it's show for me, it's laziness, pure laziness. It's it's lethargic. It's it's not busting a gut to get back on side just in case that ball does get fed into you, just in case you do need to be that link up man, or get back on side to offer yourself to run in behind. More often than not, today he was just simply stood offside and the so ball comes to him and ask, he wasn't expecting it. I'm going to ask the question at the end in our little player review section about Nunes. So let's not mm. get too far into this because I'm going to I'm yeah. going to put something to both of you, and I want to see what you think. So, like everybody else that watches the game at home, you keep one eye on social media. We all do it. We all have WhatsApp groups and stuff like that. And social media is screaming for changes. Social media wants wants Harvey Elliott to come on. Um, and the, and the two names that are at the top of everybody's list to come off would be Sabozlai and Nunes. And I think. Conroy, do you think that's a fair shout that if you're going to make changes at half time or make changes within ten minutes of half time, those were your two sort of chief chief examples of people who could do better that weren't doing enough and that should come off. And and on the first changes in the second half, did we miss a trick by leaving Harvey Elliott out of the first changes? For me, I'm going to be honest, guys. Right, it's going to sound quite contradictory, but I did think. At least Sabozlai was making runs that were hurting United. And and by the way, his actual ability on the ball today, it was a poor game. So I'm not disputing that at all. But you could tell there was moments where he felt like 
I would have maybe kept him on a bit longer because you could tell Amrabat was struggling. He was having to follow those runs. Amrabat was booked for the first half for a challenge on Diaz. So mm. I felt that he'd done that early second half as well, supposedly. So I, I thought, do you know what? If he keeps doing that, at least it'll, it'll kind of take them out of position. So I wasn't, funnily enough, as, as, as poor he was, I actually thought his runs were, were at least doing something and it, it, I would have kept on a bit longer, personally. Um mm. Nunes, I agree. Like I, I would have switched Nunes with Gakpo straight away at halftime. That was my thoughts. But when, uh, Gakpo just can't seem to get him in a false nine position. And by the way, see on the part about low blocks for false nine. Bobby Firmino done it for years. I'm not saying he's good, Bobby Firmino. Gakpo's not going to run the line, but he'll come deep into the pockets, take the ball, and it'll allow Diaz and Salah to run in the space behind or create in that gap there. So that's why I think it works against something like today and, and next week it would work. But on mm. Elliot, again, Steve, I get it. You know, on form, he deserves a shout. He's done really well. I just quite like the sub role he's getting there now because I think this is what we do with Elliot. We big him right up and then we put him right back down and we big him right back up. And we'll put him right back down again because there's a few poor, poor performances. I think this is probably the most consistent spell he's had. He's been an impact player. He's been pretty good so far all this season. Um, he's probably poorest performances have been when he started. So I would have kept him as a sub. Personally, though, I would have brought him on earlier. I mean, 77 minutes. Last week he came on, was it 75th? But there was 10 minutes stoppage time. So that's not a real fair comparison because today there wasn't going to be as much stoppage time. A lot of VR checks last week, a lot of injuries and stuff. So I, f- I felt like Elliot should have been on that park earlier. Um, yeah, so that's my thoughts on that overall. I just mm. just find that... It, do you not find it baffling sometimes, right? The biggest thing we said this season, and I've said it, was such a good attack. And there's actually there's a lot of money in that attack. It's not all about money, but the talent is there. And you're like, you're trying to find moments of attacking good play in one of the biggest matches of the season. Like, that is... Wild. Football. Absolutely wild. Yeah, we get away with it. Honestly, footballers, they get away with it. It's mad. Mad. It, totally. Cav, come to you on the changes again. So we make the changes we make and we bring Gakpo on and we, we make the changes that we do. We end up playing a 4-2-4. So we end up with a midfield with Bing Gomez and Gakpo on. So we end up playing with a 4-2-4 where we end up with Endo and Trent in orthodox midfield roles. And then we we get counted twice and they and they, they almost they, they create something out well, I won't call it something. They give us a moment of concern, shall we say, because I take Virgil's point that they didn't come with any effort to win the game, they did, but, but but then they wouldn't because they're in no form. So I take Conroy's point on that. They they break twice. They they almost get in. They, they give us some moments yeah. of concern. We have to change it again, and we end up putting Gakpo out. He spends most of the time wide right, and Mo sort of drifts through the centre. I'm in Conroy's corner when I say that Gakpo's a great exponent of the false nine and that's probably what it needed because we couldn't connect. We gave the ball away very cheaply for me at key times in the games. I think as a as a club, as a club, not just the players on the pitch, I think everybody, including the coaches, we kind of ran out of ideas today. And to go mm-hmm. with a 4-2-4 against the side that all they would have would be counter-attacking and you know, they've got a bit of pace out wide. They've got, you know, Dallow's no slouch for the overlap. And they brought Rashford on. We know of his pace because he's hurt us in years gone by. We, we've all sat here and, and lauded Klopp's substitutions and how they've worked. Even though during the game we've looked at them and thought, wow, why is he doing that? And it's actually worked for us. Mm. You can't say the same with the substitutions today. I'm genuinely concerned about the, the tactical approach. And that's one of the points I'll put in, in, in our... Um, and our agenda on our WhatsApp group. 
I thought tactically today we, we, we got it wrong at times and that was one of the key moments where we made those two changes and then, then had to rethink it. Would you go along with that? Absolutely, 100%. I thought as bad as Sabozalai was, you, you, you said last week when I highlighted the point that I don't think he's been playing well. I might, it might have been the week before where you said he's doing a lot of stuff off the ball that we probably should appreciate. And I was trying to remember that when I was watching his performance because a lot of what he wasn't doing right was on the ball. You know, and and he still does a lot of running. He still does a lot of work in that midfield. He was still offering himself for the ball. It's just that when he was getting it, not that he was making the wrong options, he just wasn't connecting the passes, you know, and he just wasn't able to, when he was breaking, you know, the lines and he was making that sort of inside run, the pass was often poor to him, overplayed. The amount of times we tried to play that pass that's become a pattern of ours and it was it was it just ran out of play. It was too much put on it. Um, he was at least he was offering the run, and I think that's what you said earlier, Conroy. Is I was just thinking at the time in which he got took off, I was like, I don't think he can be as bad because we always know he's going to work hard, he's going to put he's going to be that engine in midfield on the ball. I don't think he can be as bad as he had been. Surely he's going to improve in throughout as the game goes on in that respect. So I'd have kept him on. Plus, we're struggling to create. Plus, we're struggling to get goals. And we know what happens. We start to take pop shots from outside the box and what have you. He's probably one of the best strikers of the ball outside of Trent when it comes to that. So if it's going to fall to anyone on the edge of the 18-yard box, I'd rather it be him than Trent. So in my opinion, I'd, I'd have left him on and just let him play through that sort of bad form. I know he's not been good in recent weeks, but just left him to do it. But I kind of get that, you know, Elliot has come on and really improved performances of late. So I would have got if that was the change, but that wasn't the change. Gomez come on. And and I think Gravenberch come off because that was enforced because he's got a hamstring issue now, which is not great for us. But um and Gakpo comes on. And you suddenly had a makeup of of Trent and, and Endo in midfield, which we've not seen before. So that that's that's figuring it out on the job, you know. You've got Gakpo playing out on the right. He's not a right midfielder or winger. So although he can do a job there, that's not his position. You know, Gomez at right back, he's done well of late. And the only way, I, the only reason I liked that change was because he could offer the width, which we spoke about, you know, last weekend. Um, but you had a makeup of a side that was, was almost no. You know, you've got Salah in behind Nunes, not seen that too often. You've got Gakpo on the right, not seen that too often. You've got Trent in, a, in an almost double pivot with Endo. You've never seen that. And you're trying to go and get go get a goal to to win the game, but the entire lineup is is new. You know, this nothing with this personnel in this system has been worked on before. I guarantee that Endos and Trent have never played a midfielder in training and and worked on where each other's got occupied positions. So it's all done off the cuff, and and that's not good. That's not good enough for us. I know I know Graven Birch was enforced, but we've got to be better in in how we approach these tactics and and what we're trying to do you know and i just didn't i didn't think it i didn't think he um he got it right today um and the other the other side of things is uh I, i'm not sure if not sure when diaz comes off or when the next changes were and apologies if i'm jumping ahead but we're bringing off players where you're like these are the danger men though and i fall mm. into this trap of going i don't want to see diaz come off i don't want to see um Salah come off and stuff as he has done in recent weeks but it's like because they're the guys 
they're the guys and the quality that we're bringing on. And, and I may be falling into the trap of looking at the names and not the performances, but I'm like, we're bringing off the quality players for people that aren't as good. But that's just where we find ourselves because they're not performing at the minute. So I think we were chopping and changing a lot in that game. And, and then just to finish on the point, you could see it wasn't working because United were able to sort of get the ball out to Anthony, who was able to find a passing field. And then suddenly you've seen acres of space for them to run into. And you could see their attack building. And I was getting worried at the amount of space they were able to run into. And, and it almost seemed like there were one or two passes away from really getting in on goal and getting a shot alley. And it never came. And it only didn't come because of their lack of quality. And I'm telling you now, if Arsenal find themselves in them same positions next week, they will kill us. They will kill us given that amount of space and options because they have players that will make the same runs, but they'll be picked out. You know, you give Odegaard chances in the middle of the field with that amount of space with Martinelli and Saka running down either way. They'll, they'll hurt you. They'll That's hurt not, you. It's not even a hard pass though, Cav, as well. There was, at times there was space. I think Anthony tried outside of the boot left foot pass and like uh, a Crystal Palace Elise is playing that. You don't have to be the top. Elise is a very good mm. player, but it wasn't as if it was like, you know, that is it Kobe Mano's pass to get Ganacho in. I actually thought that was a very good pass, to be honest. I think you need to give credit where it's due there. And that's actually great defending by Trent. So that was a chance. And you know what? Mm. That, that's a, that's the easy slot if Ganacho can connect with that. And you're saying that, Cav, this is a poor team. And Hoyland still had a one-on-one -on -one with the keeper, probably the best chance of the game, or up there with our chance with Diaz. So this is a poor mm. Man United team. And they managed to cut us open like that. That's probably quite concerning as well. I don't think our defence was poor, by the way. I think that's more the midfield getting stretched through the tactics. But can I just add to what we're saying as well? We probably have seen it, right? But look at it this way. You have a formation. You make changes to put Trent there. Then 20 min 50 minutes later, you make more changes to put your midfield back to, you know, like to, to put two other midfielders in because the original change wasn't working. It does happen in football, but I think it sums up our tactics and our, our whole uh, mm. way we approach the game today in general. I just think a lot of decision making from coaching staff to players was was incorrect. We got it wrong. Sorry, Steve, on, on you go. No, 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 no. Really good point. Well made. I totally agree. And I think I think if you look at that in the context of what you two guys have just said and very well um articulated by both of you. So thanks for that. Um it's kind of two wasted substitutions. The first substitution is a complete waste of time because as Conway but eloquently says there, you kind of then got to undo the damage 10 minutes later. And you're looking at it and you're thinking that's so, 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 so wasteful in terms of, of, first of all, you're handing a little bit of initiative to Manchester United. Then you've got to bring on other players and then you've got to go and win back the momentum within the game. So I think, I think it's fair to say for the first time this season, I think we can sit here just justifiably saying, think the boss got it wrong in terms of how we went to do that very brave to go 4-2-4 against Manchester United I know we had 69% possession 34 alleged shots a goal um, I think you can count on one hand you've got the Van Dijk header that was tipped over the crossbar you've got the Diaz chance um, and you've got you know you've got very very little in terms of chances we, we I think we tested the goalkeeper three times in the whole game and he made an absolute meal out of the Van Dijk header he could have caught that because it was right at him, and he could have did a backward somersault saving it. So, you know, in that regard, um, really not great. What I want to do, because we're, we're 50 minutes in now, boys, what I want to do is we do have to have a conversation about two players' performances today in particular. 
Uh, and I'll start with we'll start with Mo Salah, and I'll come to you first, Cav. I mean, Conway says it before; he's not played very well in games. Mm-hmm. Listen, he will go down as one of Liverpool's greatest players ever because of the numbers. But there'll always be a little bit of me that says those numbers could have been even better because there's things he does in games where you think, oh, for goodness sake, like he comes inside and spams a ball into the shin pads of a guy that's stood in the way of the goal, yet he still thinks to try that. That frustrates me. In recent weeks, I don't think Mo Salah's been at the races at all. And I think the, the, the assists that he's got and the goal that he scores, they they take away from the fact that Outside of those things, and I'm looking at him and I'm thinking, here's a guy that's, that is a Liverpool football club legend, and I'm not disputing that. And even the best players in the world go through peaks and troughs in terms of their form. But I'm just not seeing it from Mo at the moment. And it's absolutely pivotal to what we do and what we do well. I, I, I'm trying to look at it and trying to understand why, Cav. And, and if I'm looking at mm. it and Conway's looking at it, you must be looking at it too. Mm. I don't think he's played well for a long time, to be honest with you. And, you know, let's call a spade a spade. He he can't beat his fullback now. You know, I think once he receives the ball out on the right at the edge of the 18-yard box, he, 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 he shinks left, he shinks right, but ultimately he doesn't beat his man. He doesn't beat his fullback, you know, and I, I can't remember the last time I've seen it. Against Lask, he did, but prior to that, I, I can't remember it. Um, he's So when he's out wide and he's receiving the ball, you you kind of just hoping that, Trent's there with him or someone's offering him an overlap or an underlap and and this season we've seen that the underlap's there more often than the overlap and it's great because what he is good at is that lovely weighted pass into the eight into the 18 yard back box for the guy that's made the inverted run to then pull the ball back across the box that's a great little pattern that we've developed and and he has the quality to see the pass and to play it perfectly weighted didn't do that today you know that just comes down to quality just one of them games, not going to overly criticise him on that. But then you look at, OK, well, what what more can you do in the game? And he was given an opportunity today when he was basically played as a second forward to almost play wherever he wanted to across that forward line, whether it was central, out wide right or on the left, which he, he doesn't really you know want to do. But he was given a little bit of freedom today because we had Gakpo out on the right and we had Diaz still out on the left and we had Nunes up top with him and we had the two guys behind him in Trent and Endo. So he had a bit of a free roll to go and link up and he improved, don't get me wrong. He's a strong man, where especially when someone's like a defender's on his back, you know, he's for a small guy, we've seen his physique, he can hold defenders off and he can link up play. And, and he improved in that respect, but he never turns on the ball and drives at people anymore. You know, he's never looking to jink past people. So really you're just hoping that, the team is playing well enough to find him in areas where he can get a shot off or he can just be at the end of things. And he found himself in that situation on a few occasions today and he opted to shoot and he had, he must have had his slippers on because he's got no power beyond what he's doing, no conviction beyond what he's doing. It's a bit hopeful, often shooting when there's a defender stood right in front of him. But actually what was even more frustrating today is there was a couple of occasions where the overlap was there and you could see the pattern forming. If it had just played the pass into Simakas, Simakas could have dragged the ball back and it could have returned to him or it could have gone to Nunes on one occasion and it's a tapping, you know. But he seemed to show a little bit of um, selfishness today, in my opinion. And I think he's perhaps just needs to be told, look, if you lay that pass off and you be, and, and you play more for the team, you will start to get the goals 
again because that's how it all works you know and i just felt like he was much like a, you could label this at a lot of other guys gapo was was guilty of it when he came on as well just taking the shot look going for the individual glory when really the better option is to play it to your teammate and whoever ends up getting on the end of it gets on the end of it and and i felt i thought at the time watching the game that salah's so often been that guy for us you know, he's done it against United. We've seen it before where Alisson's played the ball up top to him and he's ran the rest of the pitch and tucked it away, holding off James. We've seen him do it when he's turned Cancelo against Man City. This game we've seen so often before where it's nil-nil, it's a big rival, Salah steps up and does it. But it doesn't always need to be the case. Play the right option. And I felt more often than not, the right option was to play it to his teammate today, not take the shot on. And so I thought his decision-making was poor. I don't think we're going to get that Salah back that beats mortal pool players. I don't think he's, we're going to get the Salah back that beats his fullback. But he is wonderfully gifted and he has a knack of getting in on the end of goals. So I think as Liverpool fans, if we want to keep Salah and we want to keep him in the side, we're going to have to accept when Liverpool don't play well, Salah's probably not going to play well. And oh, when Liverpool do, he'll be the man on the end of end of the goals. Yeah, yeah. Colin, I'm going to come to you on a specific point. Do you think some of what we see from Salah in terms of sometimes there was a little bit of selfishness, and I agree with both of your comments because you said it earlier that he improved in the second half and he was late in the second half when it went a bit end-to-end-ish and he got found himself often on the left-hand side. Do you think some of what we see with Salah's born out of frustration because it isn't working on the, throughout the rest of the game? Yeah, possibly. I would say this, though, about Salah is I think uh, Grizz mentioned it a lot as well a couple of weeks ago, that he, he definitely does offer a creative um, kind of... He, he's he's not always been a, a great playmaker. I don't even know if he is a full playmaker, but he, he's kind of ability to slide through balls and create chances. So, yeah, a chance creator for Nunes definitely had a... He's improved with that. Like, you look at the Newcastle assist, he's definitely got that in his locker. So, I think mm. he can't beat a man, but he still showed this season that and not 90 minutes a game. Like, I, I say this all the time, I think Salah has spells in games. Like, you watch him do something and be like, how can I be the same player who's just done that five minutes later? But it's football, isn't it? But he has got that and he's improved that. So I think, obviously, his legs, have, his pace has dropped, but he has got that um, ability as well. So I think when Nunes' form's been pretty poor as well, that's not helped uh, that link up, not being there. It's kind of nullified that, that kind of... Um, uh, what's the word? Outlook? No, no. Outcome. What's the word when you mm. like you place on through um, that option? Option. That option we have. Mm. I think he was poor till about that time. But I would. I would. Football's funny, right? Because this is how it works at small margins. If Trent scores that shot um, that hits the side net, in, or I think the one at the edge of the box that might have been Salah as well, or Nunez's chances that God knows what Nunez was doing, uh, the one that fell to Diaz. You could say that's came from a Salah through ball. So this is the thing. It's funny how narrative change. Oh, that's football at small margins, isn't it? Because no one would say he had a poor game then, but that's just what happens. I think for me, it's definitely between that ability to create has definitely improved. Not a world beater at that, in my opinion, but he's still very good at that. Um, and again, the other option is either be that position kind of wide right and create in there or be close to the box and create chances, create get chances created for him, as Cav said. I do think yeah, we have to rely more on us playing better. But I would I would say that again, he still did create stuff today playing poorly. So it is like it's not as if he's just done. He was a ghost today. He did actually try to affect the game. So I think it's 
it's kind yeah. of fair for me. Like I usually I'm sometimes I criticize him a bit. I've I've definitely criticized him in the past. Other but today I felt like there was others who didn't really have an impact at all. At least there was points where he did try to do that. I think going forward though, things frustrating me is the four four two we working a bit when Nunes was playing well and he could link up so he'd leave Nunes and Salah up top, Salah drop a bit deeper and look for that through ball. But when Nunes is off the boil, that doesn't work at all. So it's like we go back to that, but it doesn't really work. So that's when I find it gets frustrating. And that's your earlier questions, D. I think that's why Salah maybe thinks, right, I'm cutting in my left foot here. I've scored this goal before. Let's try it again. Don't actually think mm. he scored that goal for a long time. No one really mentions mm. that, though. But um, the problem is he probably will back himself, and I get it as well, because... It's it's funny. This is what happens with footballers who are such good ability. Like Diaz, you see Diaz thinking when he's thirty yards out, twenty minutes to go or half an hour to go, I'm going to have a strike here because they have that ego. They have that that I'm going to score from here. But when all your attackers are doing that, it doesn't really help. You have to have cohesion. You have to link up. And you know, to be fair to Salah, when it was getting to that time in the game, I was like, you know, if the ball's on play, but if the shots on, have a ping. Because to be perfectly honest, I just didn't think we were creating much anyway. Um, unless it was quick thinking or something like that I just think our general play wasn't creating it I don't think it's mad selfishness I just think it's frustration and I feel like when you're playing a certain way it's very easy as you say Cav to say I'll play you in but then when it did get playing to Curtis Jones he takes five touches and loses the chance as usual mm-hmm. and then and then you've seen it go to Joe Gomez it doesn't fire the trigger and then you see it with other players so it's like I do agree he should have passed it at times, but there's also moments where it's like that player you're passing to has not got the cojones to fire the trigger. That's also frustrating as well. So mm-hmm. both, but I, I get what you're saying. You've seen it before. You've seen it for the past five years. He maybe just feels like he, he played the, the easiest option as he feels like he can score from there. So he has a ping. Like, you know, it's, yeah. it is what it is. But guys, to be perfectly honest today, I just think in general, our play wasn't that good, but you just felt that it would take something like that to win the game. You know, you know, yeah, a, a Salah yeah. against Chelsea. The, the one thing I would say is our closest chance was the Diaz one, which kind of scrambled there, and the Trent shot that gave Onana the eyes. It would have taken something like that. That's what I feel like the last twenty minutes. Yeah, a bit like because on the Trent it. one, on the Trent one, Salah finds Endor in a really good position, and he shifts it to mm-hmm. shifts, Trent, yeah. and then yeah, and and that that's the the pre assist would have been the the key points within that. So I think I think we there's elephants in the room we can't avoid boys. It's ten games now without a goal. We do we do have to talk about Darwin Nunes because there's an awful lot of frustration out there in the footballing world from Liverpool fans at the moment. Um, earlier this week, Robbie Fowler made the point on social media that it's now eighteen months since um, he's been in the squad, and we're kind of waiting for him to bang, waiting for him to explode, waiting for him to turn that corner and become all the things that we we think he can be. And it isn't happening, and as a football club like Liverpool can't wait forever, mm. this realization of his potential. Last two weeks for me, last two games for me have just been a procession of offsides. I'm going to put a, um, a suggestion out there and open it up to you two guys to tell me what you think about Nunes, to tell me where you think we go with Nunes, what the future looks like with or without him. I think Nunes should be shifted back into the left sided position to offer a threat to, to Luis Diaz because at the moment it's Luis Diaz or nobody on that left-hand side and Darwin made a name for himself in European football on that left side for Benfica so we know he can do it. He terrorised us off the left in the Champions League game at home and but for a couple of offside decisions and some quite close ones as well he might have turned that tie by himself that's how good he was on the night 
And then I would go with Gatpo and Jota as your options down the middle. And maybe roll the dice again in the summer and bring somebody else in uh, or even sooner because that is now becoming an issue, our output in terms of goals. So I'm not convinced you can you can turn Darwin Nunes into the number nine that that everybody wants him to be. I think you have to have a certain amount of natural ability to do that. You cannot teach somebody to be prolific. You've either got the eye for goal or you haven't. You can teach people to time their runs differently and find themselves in positions to score goals. And every now and then it'll work, as it did away at Newcastle. Brilliant, brilliant goals. We we, we we all spoke glowingly about that. But then the next week he gets put in the same position and doesn't hit the target. And that just adds to the frustration that we're all feeling at the moment. Now, he's got lots of raw attributes. I'll go back to the points I made earlier. Put him on the left-hand side. Offer him up against Diaz's competition. Because at the moment... Diaz doesn't have to do much to start games of football. And I think both of them would respond to a bit of a challenge between the two of them. And I think Gakpo's super intelligent. And I think Jota is 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 a, is a goal scorer who will get you goals. If Jota plays today, we win that game. I'm convinced of that. He'd have scored, he'd have taken one of the chances that we decided not to, as it were. Um, so, so in terms of Nunes, I, I'm not convinced we can turn him into what we think we can turn him into. And... Successful managers are stubborn, if nothing else. My concern is that we, we keep going through this situation to try to prove the rest of the football and we're wrong that Darwin Nunes is is more Erling Haaland than he is Andrew Carroll, if that makes sense, in terms of goal output. And I don't think we're going to get there. So I think we, we, we make a decision, we, we try him off the left. He'll still win his games of football from there because he'll find pockets of space and his directness and his ability to beat people will be will be better. This, this issue is turning into uh, Filippo and Zaghi Mark's regen in terms of being offside more often than not, is a concern for me. And, and if it carries on, boys, title challenge that it is can't hinge on him hitting the straps at some point throughout the remainder of the season. I, I can't sit and watch these games thinking, when are you going to turn into that world-class number nine? I, I, Robbie Fowler's point is exactly right, and he got absolutely slaughtered for it. So that's my suggestion. Throw him on the left hand side, challenge Diaz, and we 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 center we we look up along the center lines at Gakpo and and Jota. Thoughts on that, boys? Because Darwin Nunes is a is a massive topic of conversation on social media right now. Mm. I think what we okay, let's let's put all of it into context. Okay, let's say things that people don't want to hear, but I think needs to be said. It is a new Liverpool side, new midfield changing our approach and our build-up in attack and he's having to still adjust to that i know he's been here 18 months it's been a little bit stop start we didn't play well last season Gakpo did play well towards the end of last season and seemed to have found his feet he also hasn't started this season particularly well there's been a lot of change and there's been a lot of good you know we've seen moments from individuals this season and we find ourselves top of the table and i think that's clouded a lot of people's judgments or made people's judgments really difficult to assess what this Liverpool squad is, you know, and how we're trying to play and what our style is going to be moving forward or who it's going to be cemented in this team moving forward. And we look at these players with raw ability, Nunes being one of them in his height, his pace, you know, his ability to get on the end of things in the box. 50-50, whether he finishes it, we've talked about his clinicalness, but he seemed to be a chance magnet, you know, 
for a long period. Most of the time he spent at Liverpool. And we, we labelled him, rightly or wrongly, as sort of uh, the creator of chaos. And, and that was great whilst we weren't good. And that was great this season whilst we weren't creating things because we loved the fact that there was a forward up top that was chasing down the opposition that was pressing, that was turning to the crowd and trying to lift them up because we're like, okay, that's going to get the team going. What has been the concern for me is that the goal scoring can't be excusable. At the end of the day, you are a Liverpool forward. You need to make sure you're scoring. How many games is it now? I, I, I worry that it might ten. be up to 10. Yeah, it's 10. Simply not good enough, okay? Um, and, and don't get me wrong, we've seen Uruguayan forwards have goal you know, have tough starts to their to their um, starts at new clubs and hit the post more often and not come good. So there's every chance that might still happen. But the concern for me in the past few performances has been that that buyer hasn't really been there or it's been misplaced. Today, the only time I saw Darwin Nunes was when he was offside. In my opinion, he was lazily just not getting back onside. Or he was putting a, what is a ridiculous challenge on Johnny Evans. How we, He didn't even try disguise that he just simply looked at him and ran into him that isn't the way that you know i believe a liverpool player should carry themselves that that there was a bit of intent there to do uh harm whether it comes out of frustration or not he made no attempt to get the ball and i personally don't like to see that and then he moaned at the linesman for for flagging it and him getting a yellow card and i'm like i don't like this attitude darwin i could accept that when you were the guy that was creating this energy and creating this fire inside of Anfield and getting the crowd on side. And I could excuse your misses because that came as part of the package. But when you're not playing well, I don't want to see the theatrics. I don't want to see you running into players. I don't want to see you whinging at the ref for what blatantly is a foul in the yellow card. I don't want to see the slight dive he made in the game unless you're going to bring everything else. And, and the concern for me at the minute is, he hasn't. He was. He was missing today. He he didn't bring that energy. And if you're not going to be a clinical striker, if you're not going to be a link man, the last thing you can be is somebody that affects the game in terms of just energy and and chaos. If you like, if you want to label it that for for want of a better word. And at the minute, he's he's not bringing any of it. And the only reason he is still in this team is because Jota is not available and Gakpo isn't playing too well at the minute to force him out. And, and, and that, I think that's where we find ourselves. I think there is a player there. I think that he will, at some point in his career, I think he's 24 now, isn't he? I think at some point in his career, he will have a season where he scores no end of goals. I just don't know what level that is. And I don't know if it will be at Liverpool now. And as time goes on, I'm getting less and less convinced by it. And like I say, I do think he will have a period in his career, whether it's two seasons, three seasons, where you'll look at Darwin and go, Wow, he's a player. He, 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 you won't want to play against him. He's getting in on goals. He's scoring every single week. But my my worry is that won't happen at Liverpool. My worry is that he'll have to move back somewhere in Europe, and it will be at a lesser level than the Premier League to be able to achieve that. And and it's 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 sad to see because I think we all bought into the idea of of the the project with with Darwin. But like you say, Steve, eighteen months is is a long time, especially when you're at a top club. To, to find your feet and, and make sure you work these things out. And at the minute, there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of progression. So I'm not writing him off just yet, by no means. Like I said with Salah, I think Darwin will start to get the goals. I think he'll improve as the side improves, as the side becomes more settled and as the season goes on. But whether he will 
whether he will be given that time is my concern. I think if he has, if he matches the performances he's had up to this point for the remainder of the season, there could be question marks in the summer, possibly, possibly. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, just to add to that as well, um, I think you know, it's. I think he will get. We'll kind of revisit this at the end of the season in the sense of he did have a good spell and he's had a poorer spell now. It's the way it works. I think um, the idea about trying him off the left for a bit is interesting, Steve. I do think he needs either that or drop for it because it, it might not happen. But Gakpo, I get what you're saying, Cav, but again, Gakpo seems to play in every different position. Doesn't actually get a chance. When he had a, a good run at false nine, he was creative. It's like you're saying Gakpo today, but he's not playing as a false nine. Like I don't actually think Gakpo has had near as many chances to play in one position and actually get grounded. The time he did, he had his best spell at Liverpool. So I think that is a bit on clock, not on clock, but I think what he's doing is just put Nunes up front and get him the confidence. And to be fair, it did work because he had a good spell, you know, scored a lot of kind of striker goals, eh, eh, led in the box, scores against Newcastle. So it did work. But it's funny, football, isn't it? Like you, Newcastle on top of the world rescuing us against 10 men. Then 10 games later, it's like, well, we're thinking about the comments. We're all saying, should we sell them in the summer? It's an option. That's football, isn't it? It's reactive and it's fast, and that's the way it works. But at the same time, it's not a 16-year-old kid. Again, I mention this, we seem to just, in football, have more acceptance for mediocrity than any other thing in the world. It's like, this guy has been brought in for how much to do this? Like, you know, this is Liverpool. You might say at Benfica, but when he played against Liverpool, we were playing a high line. So there's space in behind. So I'm not expecting him to be clinical. He's never going to be clinical. He's never going to be prolific. We've all agreed that. You can argue to the daylight or to... It's never going to be the case. He's never going to be prolific, right? Um, it's very apt that it's Robbie Fowler, who was a great finisher and a prolific goal scorer, who actually used his head in front of goal, right? And he, for me, is a very valid source to say that because that's what he was. Now, this comment, and it does my head in when someone says he's instinctive, by the way, you're absolutely correct, but that's not an excuse. That's actually quite poor. If it, someone's only good when it's instinctive, that means they're a decent striker, not a great striker, because the best strikers, when they have time to think, slow it down and score. So mm -hmm. I, that's maybe true, but that should be improving. But if you maybe say the finishing doesn't prove, fair enough. The link up and your movement is the basics of football you're getting paid handsomely every week you're training at the best team right you should know how to run an offside line mm. you mentioned Inzaghi Steve but Inzaghi was playing on the shoulder purposely so it was a 50-50 you know because if it came off he was in so you can that's a bit of devilment mate that's a bit of devilment no 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 I, I know I know yeah. I, I know Steve I get that it was very good but what I mean is is like that there's certain as Cav said there's certain people who are trying that like so that's the the game they play. Kyogo at Celtic's probably another example. That's the way they play. They play on the very last defender because if it comes off, good chance you're scoring. He's not mm. doing that. Let's be honest. We're talking, you said it earlier, Cal, we're talking about basics here. And that, for me, as a fan's frustrating because, again, I have a, a thing with mediocrity today, but when you're there, they basics should never mm. happen. You know, it's, it's, it's like Throw. It's like a foul throw. Should you be having a foul throw in football? Mm. No. You should find a week's wages if you have a foul throw. Because if I go to my work, right, and I make a mistake like right, that, and we lose and that happens, do you think I, I would get punished? But again, in football, we just blinkers. We don't talk about yeah. it. Like, there's certain things that should never happen. And that, for a striker, 18 months in, I'm sorry, 
it's not good enough. We started off rocket anyway by getting a free match ban because he couldn't handle uh, Anderson actually defending against them. So then he we headbutted him or what is he punched him or whatever I can't remember. So that was a great start. Sure they had good emotion to contain that. Improved that. We've had a good spell, but we seem we're falling in another bad spell with him. Mm. I will give him to the end of the season. I will judge him as a whole. But maybe you're right, Steve. Put him on the left for a bit because you know he can cause problems there. And if it is maybe against Arsenal, it means Diaz and Nunes are going to have to fight for a spot. And to be fair to him, they probably will give him more space. I just think he's link up. It just seems to be going backwards. It's mm. like even the ball that Salah gives him on a plate, to chance to rescue the game, be the headline maker, the poor performance will get swept under the carpet because you're the guy. Bobbles off his shin and lands to Diaz. Doesn't even mean to pass it to Diaz. Bobbles off his shin and lands to him. And then when the ball gets saved and it's still in and he can get it, he just stops. Why are you stopping? Asking for a penalty. Why are you stopping? That is, see if I wasn't there, obviously, but if you're in that stadium, right, I can imagine you are pulling your hair out if you see him not chasing that ball because he could have hit it back across, he could have passed it in for someone else, he could have even caught the defender first time off his left foot and scored. But he's standing and it's like, oh, that 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 really, I don't know if the chat think that as well, but so, that really so, gets my so Let's cast our minds back to when Jürgen took over the club and he created a system for the players that he's got, okay? So we look at what we what we did, and we went heavy metal football, and we thought, you can score three and we'll score four, because defensively we're not brilliant, but we've got firepower. So you sometimes have to look at the players you've got, and you have to adapt and make something work for them. To go from um, an inverted winger, which is what he was for Benfica, let's be honest, he played off the left and he came inside and caused a lot of problems for, for people throughout Europe. To trying to change somebody to be a, a focal point of your attack, to be a genuine number nine and understand um <laughs> and, and genuinely understand all of the new I, I, I genuinely couldn't point. remember what it was. I couldn't remember what it was. Sorry guys, I couldn't remember it was a punch or a was it a push. I can't, sorry, I, that's why <laughs> it was it was, it was a somewhat of a headbutt, it was a soft headbutt. But yeah, but sorry, that yeah. was just that example. But yeah, definitely I've got <laughs> Got that in. I'll be tweeting about that tonight, getting a, a letter to the PGO MOL. Try and help us out, get him a free match ban. That might help us out. Force Gat goes the false nine, guys. I'm doing this for us. I'm doing this for us. So I mean, I mean, have you and I both talk about learning while we're playing on the job type of stuff? We both reference that frequently. Let's, I think we should use Darwin Nunes' natural ability, which is which is a runner, which is which is to sort of terrorize people with that ability to run in behind. He's strong as well, and he's and he's quite direct. It just isn't working for me down the middle and I guess there'll be a decision for the football club to make in the summer as to whether we go into another season and seeing if we can get him to to change enough in his game to make him more and more effective mm. or we, we, we rethink it completely. It would be great if Diogo Jota didn't pick up injuries that rule him out for three months at a time because he's probably our, our biggest goal threat in the football club in terms of taking up the right positions to score goals, uh, his movement, when he stops and everyone else keeps moving, he finds himself in acres of space and scores goals. So I, I genuinely think that there's an issue with with with, with, this, with this Nunes situation that we need to look at. This isn't going to go away. With every game that, that he doesn't score goals, it's, it's going to be an issue. And I think the Nunes, Nunes, Nunes stuff that comes off the stands is is, is more to yeah. G him up and try and provoke a response out of him. And, and, and that... That's wearing a little bit thin at the moment because 
Well, it wasn't there today, was a, unless no, I missed no, it. No, I didn't I, see it. No, because I frustrated with him, and that's going to continue. And we talked about the game when all the midfielders scored, and, and we, you know, we came back in and won a game. Um, all the goals came from midfield, rather. It only has to happen two or three times where we don't get a result because the front line aren't firing. And there will always be a scapegoat, right or wrong. There will always be a scapegoat. Mo Salah is not going to be a scapegoat because of because of who he is and what he contributes. And he had a bad game today. I take Conroy's point. There'll be better days for him. Down the left hand side, we're not so fluid. We're the, we all had a long chat about this in the WhatsApp in midweek. We're not so fluid, and Diaz has played with nine different players this season. So how can you form any kind of footballing relationships? So I have some sympathy for him. And there's a lot of people out there that share that sympathy. The situation with Darwin is the basics of being a line-needing number nine is not getting those right. And that's the frustration. Mm. Can, I, can I just add as well, Cal? Sorry, this one. Just I wanted to ask both of you. That's why I was nipping in the now on, on this topic. So say just like a bit of fun, right? But say if you had to make a decision right now, okay, let's say end of the season. It's probably going to be January, but whatever. We'll say end of the season. Right now, Pearson, who's prolific in the league he's suspended right now but Ivan Tony for example right would you take an Ivan Tony over Nunes because the fact is you've seen Ivan Tony score against low box he doesn't need space all the time to be effective and he's shown he can do it in this league right just just curiosity that's a striker that would be available would you take him over Nunes and again it's not to be clickbait I genuinely I'm just looking at people who have been like Ollie Watkins is another example right both of them have improved a lot. You know, maybe they've had longer time, came up these leagues. However, right, no one expected them to get to that point. They've both proved they can do it in the Premier League. Ollie Watkins probably ended last season, this season, and to be fair, Tony was been outstanding. So would you take someone like that over a Nunes going forward? Just just out of curiosity. I, I would. <laughs> and and uh and 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 Tony's been one that I think he was uh, he was interviewed, wasn't he? And he he come out and revealed that he'd like to play for Liverpool. And he was asked the question, well, "Would you rather play for Club A? I can't remember which it, which it was now, or Liverpool?" But you'd have to force you, you know, you'd be a bench option or whatever. And he was like, "No, I'd force my way in and stuff." And I think he kind of put the feelers out there or let it be known to Liverpool that he certainly would be interested if Liverpool were interested in going for him. And I think from that point onwards, I think that was probably a year or two ago. He's, he's somewhat been linked on different occasions. And I think people have sort of sat up and took more focus on him as, as and asked the question, could he be a striker that, that would lead the line for the very top clubs in the league and, and, and not just a very good side in Brentford? And in answer to that question, I think, yes, he could. Because he always, uh, you know, you rarely see a bad performance from him, whether, you know, he's a good goal scorer, good at, you know, set pieces. And... Um, he knows his way around the 18-yard box. His movement's very good. He's got a good leap on him. We've seen him, you know, outjump Virgil numerous occasions in that one particular game we played against Brentford. His link-up plays good. His touch is good. Um, and his all-round game is is very, very good. Will he be ever the best striker in the world at any given time? I don't think so. But I certainly think with the quality we have in the rest of the squad he would be a better option for us. Yeah, I do think that. Because I I, I think that he would bring the, uh, with his link-up play, he would bring the other forwards into play a bit better. And I think with his finishing, he'd, he'd possibly get more goals at this point in time. And um, and I just I just think his, his all-round play would be closer to what we previously had with a, with a number nine that linked up things as opposed to what we've got at the minute. But... 
you know, Darwin with his raw pace and attributes, if if he found his feet could could be exceptional. So it's a difficult thing to say. I just think at this point in time, having seen 18 months of, of Darwin Nunes, I just think I'd love to see him do well for himself. But I think it possibly, I don't know if it'll be at Liverpool. And I do think that Tony would be a good a good striker for us, to be honest, in this given side. But we have to we have to put the whole forward line in together. You know, I, when as you were talking about Nunes there, I was kind of thinking it must it must be difficult for him because I don't I think he's been asked to do a lot. And I think we've seen this with like all of the forwards now is what are they being asked to do? You know, who they've we we seen it when we had the famous front three that it was quite obvious. You know, the fullbacks would will put deliveries into the box. Mane would be the guy that would drop back, win the ball back, be your your creator, your your you know, your pace setter, your fighter, your warrior. Firmino was your link man, pure and simply. And Salah would just be there to sort of get on the end of things and 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 link up with get the one-two off Firmino or try find Mane at the back post or give it to Trent on an overlap. There was clear instructions, it felt, and there was so it was so obvious at times, but we were so good at it, it was unstoppable. Whereas at the minute, I feel like because we've got so many options across the midfield and the forward line. It's taking time for patterns and uh, to develop. It's taking time for to players to recognise each other's game and, and for that link play to just be natural. It feels like everything's a bit static as opposed to when the ball's fed into Nunes, he just automatically knows where players are around him. He's having to take a touch, turn, you know, take two or three touches to turn and then look and find where people are. And often you've seen it quite a lot today. The ball would be played to him in the box, and because he's a striker in the box, you start getting excited. But then he doesn't recognise where everyone else is around him to to maybe play the pass or recognise that there's no pass on. So just quickly, first touch out your feet and shot. You know all that quick pace decision making. It's not there, and that comes with playing alongside your teammates consistently. That you start to recognise each other's game. So I think a lot to be said negatively about Nunes, but I think also. We're probably asking him to do a lot. There's no clear instructions. And he's also got to learn what plays he's got around him. And I would say the same goes for Diaz, to be honest with you. As Steve said, he's played with a lot of partnerships out on that left side. That's going to be difficult for him as well. So I think maybe I'd like to put this down to Liverpool where they are in their development with this Liverpool 2.0, Klopp 2.0. And this all these things are to come. I'd like to think that being a sort of optimistic Liverpool fan. But it's very difficult in this question in, when you're asking them questions to remain patient with players that are mid twenties and really should be doing better as individuals. I love the way you talked yourself into changing it and then not changing it. I'm not convinced in in any opinion because we're in the sort of development of this squad and it's so difficult to assess players properly because they've all got ability and you see it in moments, but you don't see it consistently. So it's hard to know whether this is going to work or it's not. And and that that's where we find ourselves and we're having to assess these performances and, and you don't want to go so harsh and so critical because you kind of get why they're not finding their feet. But at the same time, you're like, well, you just need to do better as well. So mm. it's difficult. Uh, um, my, my, my opinion would be that we roll the dice and, and, and make the switch because I, I think mm. we're asking... Darwin to do something that's beyond him in terms of being an authentic number nine line leader and all the 
intricacies that comes with that. I, I just don't think he's got that in his game. Um, you can be a great footballer without being a particularly intelligent footballer, and I don't mean that as an insult. Physical attributes is Darwin Nunez's biggest strength, not a footballing brain as such, and that's not me criticising him. He's playing at a level that the, the three people who are sat in here could only ever dream of, you know, so clearly he's got something, but in terms of what we want to do right now, there's, there's too much missing from his game, and it's evident today when we need to be putting chances away. We've got a, a guy that can't time his runs properly. We've got a guy that stopped and watched the ball run out of play that went right across the goal in front of him because he's more intent on putting his hand up trying to win a penalty because he's got himself into a frenetic state of mind, if you like. The yellow card's really, really cheap. Yellow card's well, it's really poor, that the challenge on Johnny Evans which kind of puts him in a non-confrontational position in terms of he can't be aggressive and he can't close down and be aggressive because he's, he's given up his one chance with the referee to say, you know, we, we can't do this. So, Conroy, thinking, speak for yourself. He's talking um, about the, the footballers when three of us couldn't get to that level. Absolutely spot on, Aaron. Oh, I'm sitting there. <laughs> You've not seen my left foot, mate. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> but sometimes, but sometimes today, I feel like if you know, I'm on three hundred, if I'm on one hundred and fifty grand a week, I can read a line. <laughs> that's that's all I'm saying. I can read the offside line. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. But yeah, sorry, Steve. That was such a good comment. I had to bring it up on you. Go, sorry. No, no, no. Absolutely brilliant. So, so it was funny, mate. So, so I just, I just think we're asking him to do something he couldn't. And I don't think that necessarily rolling the dice and bringing in an Ivan Tony, who would be my preference over Ollie Watkins, for all the things you said, Cab, about the intelligence and link-up play, Ollie Watkins is sort of a a a, 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 a channel running number nine that knits play up together. I think Tony would. Having said that, Ollie Watkins has just broken Dwight York's record for the most goals in an Aston Villa shirt in the calendar year. So, kudos to him for doing that. He's clearly got a lot to offer. I think Tony would be my favourite. And that wouldn't signal the end for Darwin Nunes for me. I genuinely believe that Darwin Nunes on the left hand side is, I don't know, it's not the first time I've said it in this show, alongside Diaz with those two vying for that position, is a healthy place for the football club to be at. But if you want to push us over the over the over the crest of the hill and get us to a point where we 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 become difficult to stop from winning the title, someone's going to have to go and score a shed load of goals between now and the end of the end of the season because that's the same thing Arsenal fans are crying out for. That whilst Jesus is a good footballer, he's not prolific enough, and they genuinely believe if they had something that was approaching Aaron Harland numbers, and I say approaching, um, then then potentially. That's the difference between almost doing it and getting over the line. And I don't think between now and the end of the season, Diaz is, and I hope he proves me, not Diaz, uh, Nunez is going to go and get you 10 goals in the league and five assists. Now, if he proves me wrong, we'll be league champions, but, but something's telling me he won't because I just don't think he's got the all-round game to do what we're asking him to do. Mm. And the do you know, thing is, sorry, Kev, on you go. Sorry, mate. Yeah. I was just going to say, if you could just pull up the, the last comment, and I, I, it's something I haven't thought about, but I think it, it's almost bang on, really. When we think about coming up against a low block, which is which is what we um, have always struggled against, to be honest with you. And there was a point in time where the uh, Liverpool side was so good and was beating everybody and then struggled against the team that sat back. You come out and played against Liverpool, we would we we destroy you. 
Um, and then last season, if you came out and played against Liverpool, you'd get joy. We seem to find ourselves somewhat in between. Some teams press us and we're just not, we, we're doing well in transition, but then on other days we're, we're not and we're just we're still struggling. Today was an example of where we are still struggling against a low block. But then this comment right here, and the reason I pulled it up is, you know, having, we rarely run the channels. And that's what I look at with the forwards. I, I give them a certain amount of relief when I say that the midfield's not created a lot or, or the fullbacks haven't put enough balls into the box or there's not been enough chances for them. But as a forward, and I, I look at someone like Darwin, just, just run the channels, pull them defenders, you know, out of position. Johnny Evans and Varane just want to sit. They do not want to go running with you. So make them think, sit between them or sit between one of them and a fullback occupy areas stay on the shoulder make them aware that you're moving and even if you're not getting the chances even if your link up play is not particularly good you've not found your touch today you know and and you're not getting you know opportunities to score goals as, as a forward the basic you can do is just move the defense around and that can help your teammates then find space to be able to break down this low block so when we talk about intelligence as a as a forward often that's something I look at when I think about what can you do you know when it's not going well for you and you have to you fall back onto your game intelligence where you start to do things like that maybe even just back into a defender you know, just just back into him and and just make him recognize that you're there in the game. But to go missing completely is a little bit inexcusable for me, whether you're getting chances or not. Because I feel like there's always something you can do, especially when you're a forward of a team that's coming up against the low block. Because more I, often I, than I, not, it will be I around take you. On, I take some of that point and I accept some of that point. You can't run the channels when you're playing a mega low block because there's no space in behind to run that channel. They just shut down all your space which is why when Robbo and, and Trent used to deliver from halfway inside the half, remember how Dave, where David Beckham used to put his crosses in for the likes of Sheringham? is because yeah. from when the ball was played to David Beckham, it's very difficult to defend that position. Robertson and Trent, in, in, the, in, the, in the days when they were getting assist after assist every week, were also putting balls in from 35 yards out rather than yeah. byline type of football. That, that kind of works. Now, if you want to do that, you want to bring that into your game, I think it's a really good point that's made. And and, and, and your point on, on that point was good also, Cav, is that when you want to do that, when teams are off your low block, put Gakpo and Nunes upside alongside each other. The one's six foot four and one's six foot two, and they're both good in the air. Put Trent back out wide because when you've got a low block and you're sitting in like, like in a 4 2 4 like we did today, his options are limited because you, you, you every single man in your front four is up against a close marker. So he can't roll his man, he can't turn his man. As soon as he picks up the ball, he can only go back where it came from because there's nowhere to go. There's no space in behind. It becomes difficult. Real Madrid got that tactic down to an absolute T in the Champions League final where they just negated all the space that our wide men could use. That was tactically brilliant on their behalf. I hate to say it, but it's true. Put the two big lads up top who are good in the air who will get your chances and then start putting those balls in. So that in what Shane says is, is there's a lot of validity for me in that. You can't run channels when the, when the two full-backs are sitting in and you've got the likes of Johnny Evans of Varane saying, right, Nunes, if you're going to run into the, into the right-back channel, I'm just going to pass you on to Dallow and I'll, and I'll deal with the midfielder that tries to fill in the space that you've just vacated. So... Mm. They're not, they're not, they're not daft enough to go with him because Johnny Evans would never put himself in a position, and neither would Varane these days, 
to be isolated against speed merchants out wide. He'd rather pass him on. And then if he beats yeah. if he beats Shaw and puts a ball in and we score from it, then everyone turns around to Luke Shaw and says, well, what did you let him get the crossing for? So you're kind of avoiding being the last point in the defence where fingers can be pointed at you because you didn't deal with your man. So I take on board both of you points i just i just don't see an opportunity for us to run the channels we can't get teams to come out at the moment all the teams we're playing are sitting in mm. and, and the thing which i've said when first signed Nunez as well i was just happy to get a number nine and because of the reason as well with robo and Trent, even shimmicast to a certain extent playing that way you've got opportunity to put the balls in now bear in mind we've discussed this the last couple of months as well about how we use train and i still stand by we do what we're doing, but you have to adapt in games and there's maybe opportunities to say the space is there. So let's just put Trent as maybe orthodox a full back just for just for this game or just for this half. You know, adapt in the game. It doesn't need to be this is what we're doing for the next three months. You just look at the circumstances, a bit like against Luton, a bit like against Palace. So I felt like today he actually he had a bad cross in the first half. But I thought, you know what, that's the right thing to do. That kind of old school 30 yards out, whip it in early, like the Beckham AS cross and load the box. But the problem is, every time he got in that position, it was just Nunez himself in the box. And you kind of felt like today's the day where you could have loaded the box very old school Alec Ferguson era and actually made them, Varane and Evans, actually have to defend more than they actually had to today. Like, they they actually brilliant defensively they were, but they they Mm. dealt with what they had to deal with. That, to me, has to make them defend. And I'm not saying we go back to that all the time. I just feel there's some games where you can do that because you've got a wand of a right foot with Trent and when he does have that opportunity, at times it's like there's one player in the box with three defenders. You're like, it's not going to work. And it's like, yeah, it did sometimes feel as the chat saying it was sometimes looking for like a, a 60 yard diag. But if they've got a back four across, I mean, you're going to have to pick the best pass in the world. And even then, the touch by the forward is going to have to be immaculate. So it's like, yeah, it's like you're not against the team who's going to make it easy for you. You have to work it out yourself. That's why it's a competition. But yeah, I, I just um, that's the one thing I feel like we could utilize that more in certain games. Go back to that of the fullbacks doing that just for a bit, just to put the pressure on those teams because they're not really going to hurt you the other way in transition because we had so much of the ball. So yeah, is, you can't, you can't moan. You can't moan coming up against a low block when you when all of your offensive play is infield. Like yeah. you're. Perfectly playing and encouraging the opposition to do that. I, I totally agree. I think I think the width we need to we, we need to we've spoken about a little bit, but we need to work on. And whether that's just working on patterns between you know the fullback and the winger, or the fullback and, and the runs he makes. You know, maybe we do the inverted, but more often than not, we do the overlap and we put you know crosses from deep. Get just just tell Trent we're not doing the inverted thing anymore, and just have him putting deliveries in from wide. There's the personnel there to try these things, but again, it's it's at some point you need to just have patterns and continue working on these patterns. And when you continue to chop and change personnel and chop and change tactics, you're gonna have performances like this because there's so many options, almost like too many cooks in the kitchen kind of thing. What yeah. what what do you go with? You know, and then this is where we find ourselves. At some point, patterns just need to develop and become natural. This starting eleven needs to be consistent and become natural, and then this fluidity can come. But just what without jumping ahead, Steve, I'm just trying to think about positives. One thing I, um, one player I thought played particularly well today, actually, well, two players I thought played particularly well today. Canate, I thought stepped in and did really well. 
you know, I, th I think I think the whole I think the back line were very good today, you know, as they have been um, got a great defensive record this season, actually. And I thought Kanate, um, who usually can struggle coming back into the side after his uh, after he has his injuries, I thought stepped in today, seems to still have that pace to get him out of jail when needs be. But I felt his decision making was very good when he did step in and, and was aggressive. He actually was coming away with the ball. I thought there were some challenges that were sort of on the edge of being given as fouls, but actually he was timing it really well and coming away with the ball. And that also plays a part in how quickly you can progress up the pitches, how quickly you win the ball back and how cleanly you win the ball back as well. And I felt like he was he was brilliant again today. And the other one was I thought Simakas was good as well. You know, I thought I thought actually, you know, he defensively he was very strong. He was coming away with the ball. He offered the overlap. We just often didn't take it. And I thought them two players in particular for for everybody having a pretty below par performance. I thought those two were very good, you know um in 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 their display so just trying to take positives out of the game i thought just highlight those two as two people that stepped up to be honest 100 100 percent. and we've been been an hour and 38 minutes so we'll close with just a little bit of perspective and nice positive thoughts to finish with on there cav but guys we've got a game on saturday against arsenal and if we win that and we're well capable of winning that we won't always be as profligate in front of goal as we were today we will be top of the league going into 2024. And you can ask for no more than being top of the league going into the second half of the season. You can't be any better than that. We are 15, 16 game, league games into changing the way we do everything in terms of new bodies, new ideas, new creativity, new players, new structure. You know, today's a frustrating day and we have every right to sit here for the last 90 minutes or so and vent our spleens because it was a tough watch today and it was horrible and we should have put them to the sword. But we're not languishing in 14th place in the league. We're not Chelsea. We're not struggling to put two wins together. We are one win against our, one of our title rivals at the weekend away from being top of the league. That, you would have all taken that in a heartbeat if you'd been offered that at the start of the season. So, a little bit of context. It's good to be pissed that today was poor because that shows you we're heading in the right direction and that we wanted to beat them. But we've also got other opportunities to, to solidify our title challenge and carry on with what we're doing. And we are in a title challenge until mathematically we are not in a title challenge. And we are not playing well at the moment. And at some point, things will start to click and someone's going to get a proper pasted off us because we've got the bodies to do it. So let's get it out of our system. Get behind the lads for the, for the Arsenal game. Come out of that, hopefully, with a positive result. Enjoy Christmas off the back of being top of the league table. And even if we're not, there's still a second half of the season to go and get to those dizzy heights. And we'll be there. We'll be right in the mix. So, yeah, today's been really rough. Today today was frustrating. Today was difficult. Biggest rival and all of that stuff. And we didn't show up today. And you can't say we left it all out there because we didn't. But perspective-wise... We are 90 minutes and a good performance away from being top of the table going into the new year. So there it is. Thanks for joining us, all those of you that were in the chat and all those of you that are still with us. Do me, do us all a favour. Hit that like button on your way out. Grizz isn't here. He's still travelling back from the game. Um, it shows massive support to his channel. We'd very much appreciate it if you could all do that. So take care, everyone, and we'll see you next week. Red fellas over and out. Sports 
Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, over and prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.